Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to the Loud Women Podcast. It's uh, me, your problematic fave, Tookie Kavanaugh, alongside my friend and co-host, Marissa Emanuel. And we're here to recap season two of Shrill, episode four. Are we on four or five? It's Are just, we on The four? time is flying by, baby. It's I think this yeah. is episode five. I think we are in... It's the wedding episode. Whichever one we're on, guys, it's the wedding. It's the wedding. Oh, this wedding. Also... Um, I'm hashtag feeling personally attacked. <laughs> yeah, let's let's kick off with that. Due to my own impending nuptials. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, do you want to do you want to let our 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 audience know that you're fianced? Oh yeah, I'm very affianced. Um, but it's it's mm, it's like if it went right with uh Lamar and and Annie versus. Uh, Fran's cousin, and I don't know the man she married. He, they didn't feature him. He's irrelevant. It's fine. <laughs> I, I did. I actually didn't even notice that, but I do now. Thinking about that, I do kind of love that. Like there was really no this. This episode was very female centric. There was not a whole lot of dudes at all, aside from Fran's dad. We don't know who the husband was. We don't like that was that was it. I kind of like that lady episode. Yeah, very much so. I was into it. Uh. Ooh, so th- this is interesting for me as well because f- it's an insight into um, certain specific West African traditions, which I I have an opportunity to go to Nigeria for a good friend's wedding. Hi, Shion, if you're listening. Uh, she's getting married in May in Nigeria, and it's like my first ever trip to Africa ever. Uh, but she's getting yeah her her whole family is uh yoruba uh but there's a lot of stuff that i don't know just because uh i am from a different branch of the african diaspora so it's like i'm i'm on the outside looking in the same as um most american and black american viewers where this isn't necessarily part of our culture and trad- i'm speaking for the whole race it's fine uh <laughs> But it's not, it's not an aspect of our culture. They have, you know, a Nigerian wedding has a money dance and a lot of traditional black American weddings have jumping the broom, right? That's a, that's a whole thing. Uh, and the black half of my family is from the Caribbean. So it's like, it, it's just it, it, different traditions, right? Completely same, rooted in the same ancestry, uh, branched out into different uh, segments of the world as a diaspora. But I am... I am genuinely interested and appreciative of this portrayal of a traditional Nigerian wedding. Cause to my understanding from what my friend explained to me, like there's family colors. So you notice that they have purple instead of a white dress. And in some cases they do like what's called a white wedding with the white wedding gown in a church, uh, for, you know, the, the, the Christian aspect of it. And then they do the traditional wedding. And then there's a reception where you see a blend of the, on the bride specifically, like the white dress and the family colors. So, I mean, like, that's really cool. Also, Fran's mom got her to take home a Tupperware of jollof rice. That's a whole thing. Uh, I had, I never ate jollof rice, um, 
I actually the first time I ate African food was when I was like 28 at an Ethiopian restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but but I was like, wow, that's really cool. that's like a nice subtle touch to anybody. Sort of, it, it's kind of like an if you know, you know hmm. moment. We always right. we talk a lot about representation on this show, and I thought this was a really cool example of that, of where they did a real deep dive into this. You know, it mm-hmm. was this totally different look at a culture that we in in the United States don't see a ton of. Um, and it was definitely educational for me in a way that wasn't like, let me hit you over the head with it. But it was very like just really interesting to to see this very very different kind of wedding i loved how annie played this like observer role for a lot of people to just sort of be on the sidelines um and and sort of observing it all i like taking on some of the audience's role for sure um and it just it was a really good episode i was yeah. i'm really excited to talk to you about it so um want to want to dive into the uh the recap Let's do it. All right. So we start out with Annie falling asleep in the car. Uh, Fran is in the country market. Um, one of the things I thought about in this scene as she was riffing with the the cashier is how last episode we were talking about how Fran could literally flirt with a shoe and has chemistry with paint. Like she literally just is a oozing chemistry. And I was like, she is like giving flirt energy to the cashier, the basic ass cashier at this place. And it's just her personality. Like Fran is just leaking with charisma. And it's very funny to see it on display in this moment. I just really loved it when she was buying this wine and dine 69 hat. Yeah, especially in the in the context of her flirting with a presumably cis straight yes, male. Exactly. I was like, and she's and not a lady it. person. Yeah. Just comes it's out like, of her pores. We know she don't want him. She just, she, she just does what it does. It's Fran. It's kind of magic. It's, it's yeah. very magic. Uh, so we realize then that she's setting the tone. She's trying to procrastinate showing up to her family. She's trying to put off the inevitable. We start to put the pieces together that there's potentially some friction with her family, which I think this is the first time, if I'm, if I'm recalling correctly, that we really get into that. We don't really talk about Fran's family leading up to this outside of Lamar's visit in season one. And so we're really starting to put the pieces together that there's a little bit of a, a of distance between them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought it was really interesting, too, how, again, um, in regard to the diaspora, the family had kind of split up where Fran's branch of the family decided to relocate from Nigeria to London and her cousin's half uh, went to Portland or was it, where is that? Was it Portland? I think they were, she some, was, she said she was some, from some Oregon when, when she Oregon, was talking yeah. about it. So somewhere, somewhere in that region. Yeah. Yeah. So like Portland adjacent, but wooded, <laughs> but less populated. Yes. So we, uh, we see them finally roll up to the wedding a little bit late. And I like that the first thing out of her, uh, I guess her aunt's mouth was, uh, oh, she brought her white wife. And I just was like, we're setting the tone. This is beautiful. Mm. And and I like that Annie is just like, I'm happy to be the white wife for the rest of my white life. Like, I just loved Annie's dynamic immediately. They made it clear, like, she is very comfortable. She sees that she is the odd one out, but she's very cool with it. This is not her first time in the rodeo. Um, everyone's Everyone knows each other. Everyone's comfortable. And that was like a really funny little intro. So my, I'm curious 
because uh, whenever I find myself to be the one person of color in a predominantly white space, I refer to it as me being the one raisin in that bowl of oatmeal. So what is, <laughs> so what's the reverse of that? Oh, that's a really good question. What is the one? Yeah, let's let's put out put it out to the people. You know, if you're the if you're the one white person, what is nothing racist, please? Yeah, no, well, yeah, please. That goes without saying. Do your best. Do your best. Uh, but I I like that dynamic actually. Now that you're calling that out, like that's not something we see very often, where it's the one white person in the room. And I was like, all right, this is good. This is like a healthy thing for people to see. Mm-hmm. So absolutely like that. Also, fashion, random fashion call out, uh, the auntie's dress, the first scene where we see her, uh, that is a Ted Baker dress available on aces.com. But I love hate relationship with Ted Baker because their dresses, their sizes are size one, two, three, four. Mm -mm. But I believe the four is equivalent to only about a 10 or a 12. And, um, it'd be nice to see something beyond that in those gorgeous florals just saying Mm, little call out no it's true uh that's not that's not big enough that's not big enough uh so i immediately was just i just adore fran's parents like they're so incredibly friendly they're so lovely to like everyone to annie they're immediately joking out joking around with everyone you can see how these are Fran's parents. Like Fran is such as, you know, what we were just saying, she's so charming. She's so lovely. She's immediately kind with everyone she meets. It's very obvious to see that from her parents as well. I love that her dad is reading out the the hat, the Wynum Dynam 69 and immediately is just like, I don't know what that means. And I just, I just love him. Adorable. Yes. I definitely related to that language barrier moment because it took me, <laughs> took me a few years to get certain you know it took me a while to get like engrossed in certain um english language turns of phrase Mm. if you will um so we see lamar guys lamar (sighs) is back the Uh, dream boat himself uh, i said when they just had a brief little moment where you know they gave they gave each other a hug and it the way he looks at her like he looks at her like he sees her soul like he just looks at her and is like cutting right into her without even saying a word i'm like oh my god that's like that's an intense level of chemistry that she isn't even like open to but he is giving it to her yeah i really i just um is it weird for me to ship them in a way where she just immediately jumps on him no and claims him i think we all feel that way watching this like immediately i was just like uh, all the like tingles in my body were like oh my god lamar and annie like come on let's go yes so i'm I very just on want, board. i want her to mark her territory like mm. just just you know sprinkle on him he's yours claim him he wants this <laughs> he is asking for that claim him I mean, but not in like a kink way, but like in a cat way, but not as horny as <laughs> Cats, the 2019 film. <laughs> Just like in a very horny way. Um, so we then find out that they, Fran hasn't seen her parents in eight months and immediately they sort of start snipping at each other um, and, and start, you know, having some, some real talk as they're walking away. And he goes, that got real so quick. And is basically mm. implying, basically said her, her mother would have trickled that realness out over 20 years and, and they addressed it in two minutes. And I was like, that's an intense family dynamic to walk into. I think that's 
in some ways it 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 exists across um several cultures in the diaspora because like coming from a very uh strong caribbean american background uh i i too have had moments where families are just like why are you like this (laughs) (laughs) like relatives are just straight up asking me like what's going why just why why I mean, you might as well get it out in the open when you start, you know, at the beginning of the weekend. Like, let's just all be direct about what we're talking about. I, I respect that. So we uh, we then we move in the inside. They're all sitting down at the table together, drinking some wine, having some food. We start to get a better picture of Fran's backstory of what she was like as a kid. Talked about how she would run away in public. They found her standing in a toilet one time. Like, Fran just had this wild streak as a kid. And I just... As a Fran stan, I like love this, just this background. I love getting to a better picture of what she's like. Um, and I like that uh, Fran's dad and Lamar's dad knows that they had sex. <laughs> and he says, yeah. will you take this opportunity to fornicate with my son? And I'm just like, whoa. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I I don't know if every family is as open like that, but like mad respect. I just absolute respect it scared me but i i like that and uh, and fran says something along the lines of uh she talks about she tells her family about what's going on with annie so she doesn't have to talk about herself which we've all been there i have many friends that my parents know every single detail of their love lives whether they want to know or not and i'm sorry but that's just that's just what happens uh so they start calling lamar out for not getting married uh they are trying to sort of talk about what's coming next for him. The same for, uh, the same for Fran. They're all sort of like, why isn't she getting married? The extended family's coming over asking questions. There's a sweet moment, a weirdly sweet moment where her mom sort of defended her and said for the millionth time, Fran is a lesbian and just left it at that. And I did kind of appreciate that. She like loudly to everybody was like, all right, guys, shut the fuck up. My daughter is not going to get married to a dude. And I, I, in a, in a sort of weird way, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I when they do, they do touch on it further uh, as the episode goes along, but uh, sometimes you have to take progress in small doses from people who come from a certain generation and, and um, from a cult, a certain, from certain cultural standards as well. Right. Cause again, I can't speak to the African experience, but I know that within the Caribbean, there is a lot of deep stigma with being gay and a lot of homophobia. Right. Mm. So it, it, it has taken several generations, but a lot more people are, mm, they, mm, hoof. Hoof, word choice, care, care taking care. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's gradually become more acceptable to be who you are in certain parts, perhaps more mm-hmm. met- metropolitan areas, or if you immigrate to the U.S. Right, um, just because uh, a lot of Christian teachings are very deeply imbued into the culture and the psyche and the ethos, uh, and and so it's just seen as abnormal Mm. and not just a human being a human if they happen to be gay uh so so i like the glimpse of friends mom's defense even even though it might come from maybe not the most woke place it still comes from a place of love and her being 
her mom. Yeah, exactly. I think you articulated that that much better than um, I was trying to, which is, yeah, I thought it was a really good, um, you know, we, we get into it much later in the episode, but it was a good way to set the tone of like, Fran's mom is supportive, even though she doesn't get it or love it, she is, she's doing her best within her capacity at this time. You know, she's mm-hmm. sort of, she's trying. So I, I thought that was an interesting way to set the tone about the dynamic between the, those two. So we uh, we move into the next morning before the wedding. Um, Fran oversleeps. She comes in the room. Everyone's already pissed off at her. We meet the bride, who is Ego Nwodam <laughs> yes. from SNL. I don't know how many of you are watching this season. I think she started the season on SNL, and she is I believe she did fantastic. Yeah. She's so funny on SNL. There's um, I was actually just this morning watching last night's episode, and um, there's a lot that you can tell she is taking a part in writing a lot this season, which is really cool. Um, so a lot of her her sketches are like very much about the black experience in a way that SNL is typically really really bad at addressing, and I was thrilled to see her. Real bad. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so, so it, oh, I, you know, we, we love to see some diversity peppered into that cast at SNL. It peppered in just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a whole bottle of Old Bay seasoning, but it's, it's coming. <laughs> just a tiny bit. So I, I love to see her get featured in this too, because she's absolutely fantastic. So, um, so we they're they're having like a little conversation here where mom is we find out Fran's mom is telling people that Fran is going to go to law school. Uh, when she is called on her bluff, she does the the very mom line of, "Well, she's still thinking about it. She's still thinking about going to law school." I was like, "That is such a friggin' mom thing to say is to just absolutely say this complete lie and be like, well, it might happen. It's not going to happen." Uh, Every mom is a mom across cultures. <laughs> Some of these things are very universal. Uh, so we also hear, um, somebody basically says to Fran, you know, your mother and father were supportive when you chose to be gay. Uh, that is where things start to really heighten. Um, and we do get a sense of that dynamic you were talking about earlier, where this is, there's this part of the family that is fully unsupportive of this. And then there is, um, you know, her, her parents who clearly are wrestling with it and, and trying, um, and so we, I feel like we found out a lot in this scene where she gets into this fight with, with her family. Oh yes. Oh yes. So, uh, oh no, proceed. Go ahead. I have <laughs> thoughts. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just taking it all in and just re re watching the scene in my mind and thinking like, oh, that, that I can't, I cannot know the pain of that directly, but I, but that's a testament to the acting too, because like I felt all the all the emotions all the feelings in that scene of just like that feeling of being shunned by a whole segment of the family just because you are who you are yeah and this is something that you know you and i both can't speak to from personal experience but we do later in the season are going to bring on some some other folks who can speak to this experience a little bit better than we can but um but it's true that that was uh, very well, well done where you sort of felt like you were in that room getting attacked by your family for just being who you are. And that was really hard to see, you know, Fran said at one point, this is, this is why I never go home. And that's just like, that's just so mm. sad. You know, it, it kills you to, to sort of see that. And then I like the, the bride jumps in and, and wraps up the scene by saying, you know, save it for the brunch. To, you know, don't fight today. Save it for the brunch tomorrow. No one cares about the brunch. And again, some things are universal. No one gives a fuck about the brunch the day after the wedding. Everyone's hungover. No, no one wants to be there. 
no one likes the brunch. Why do weddings do this to people? I don't know, Tookie. I don't know. I, I, we, I didn't do it because, and I'm so glad I didn't because the next day mm. you were so tired. I <laughs> skip the brunch half the time. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible wedding guest. I'm like, I sleep through it because it's always at like 930 or 10 in the morning. Like no <sighs> fucking way I'm getting up at 10 o'clock. I'm getting up. If that hotel checkout time is 11, I'm getting up at 1055 and packing my bags and leaving in my sweatpants. I'm not going to your brunch. Anyway, yeah. that is my priority. I love uh, the fact that this episode highlights how weddings kind of just bring out the worst in everybody, right? Mm. And and I'm not saying that it's Fran. It's definitely not Fran. But every wedding, somehow that one family member whose birthstone is a meth rock manages to creep in. <laughs> and this is why my fiance and I are doing what we're doing. If you know, you know. <laughs> it's uh it, it's true i think it's this idea of it's just like a major life change and so everyone's looking at their own lives and everyone's looking at each other's lives and it just brings out all of these like icky feelings that are under the surface and everybody's like yeah. you know when's a now now is a good time for us to talk about all of these big family things that we're all feeling let's talk about it right now it's like no let's not this is a yeah. terrible idea let's t let's just bring it all out and let's bring out all the crazy while uh two of our relatives are just trying to celebrate their love exactly it's so disrespectful <laughs> why is she wearing a white dress it should be bait mind your business margaret <laughs> it's always margaret too so we move into the wedding um fran looks fabulous i need i made a point to note she has a very cool suit on uh lolly gets the coolest suits like she always like on her insta like she always has just like a very strong suit game and i respect it and i have never owned a suit before but this show has inspired me and i really want to buy a suit and that is going to probably happen at some point in the next year that's just a fun little uh, fact about me wildfang.com oh yeah boss ass suits Ooh, i know there was a couple there was um they did a press appearance together ad and lolly like for the first season and they both had these eloquy suits on that were really cool and so i want to get mm. some of the like a bright pink one and like i think annie had a green one on you've seen the pictures anyway oh yeah very very oh, cool yes. um so we so fran looks fabulous uh this is the my favorite annie moment that i actually texted you about while i was watching this where <laughs> annie is just standing there and i had to write it down because it was very funny um she's standing next to the only two white people there that like who how did they end up here who who are you they look very uncomfortable she just goes so uh how cool is that cake it's like crazy not like crazy weird it's just a cake it's not not weird at all i would <laughs> it would be the same cake at a white wet i like how she corrected herself she said at a white wedding and then goes a, a white's a white's wedding not not weird at all. and just immediately starts like tripping over herself and i'm like Annie, you're doing your best. <laughs> She's just really trying to not be that guy, but she can't help mm. it. Yeah, I wonder whose auntie and uncle the, those two random white people were. And again, it's uh, three rever it's three golden raisins in a, I don't know, <laughs> whatever the reverse of my situation. In a bowl of chia pudding. Oh, boy. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so <laughs> three marshmallows in the cocoa. Ooh, oh, I like that one. Let's go with that. Um, okay. Because that's like cozy. Marshmallows in the cocoa. So uh, Fran and Annie are in the bathroom. Bride's got to go pee. We see the, you know, the universal mm. scene of a bride needing to get help pulling up her dress. Um, this is something as you approach your nup nuptials, very important to think about how you're going to pee just as a reminder. 
I'm just gonna, you know what, with the white dress on, that is my carte blanche to pee wherever. (laughs) What does that mean? Y'all just gonna have to respect that it's my wedding day. I've got a whole veil and a dress on. It's a lot. I might have a sash. It's fine. Uh, and if I got to go, I got to go and you won't question it. Yeah, that's fair. They sell a product now that you can put under your dress, like almost like a little trash bag. And then you pull it up like the handle. It's very ridiculous. You can Google like dress. There's a lot of, there's a lot of devices people have made. So it's, this is a, this is key, especially for those of us with small bladders. So mm. relatable. Noted. Yeah. Really important, really important stuff. So, uh, while they're peeing, they're having this really vulnerable discussion about how she wants to be. She wishes she was like Fran. Like Fran is the cool. Fran is the cool one in the family. Uh, she she calls out that um, she's a freak whose life goals just happen to be what her parents want. And I, I was like, all right, that's I, I appreciated mm. that like transparency. And she, you know, she said, I, Fran, you're the coolest one in the family. Everyone knows you're the coolest one in the family. And I felt like that was just a nice moment to sort of level things out a little bit. And it's. I imagine that it was just brutal for her to be in this dynamic all weekend where everyone is just praising this woman, praising your cousin. She's perfect. She's great. But the cousin wants to be like you. And that's just sort of a sweet moment where it's like grass is always greener and Mm. you just never know what somebody's thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. I I thought that was just a really sweet family moment. I appreciated that. It was good. It was well done. So as they are walking out, um, Fran basically decides that she's going to talk to her mom, try to bury the hatchet. And Lamar texts Annie, want to smoke? And I just was like, I got, I just get, I get so excited. Uh, So she goes outside, uh, meets Lamar by the pool to smoke a joint. And they're, you know, she's saying, oh, I, I, I feel like I'm skipping school. And he calls her out. He's like, you never ditched school assembly in your life. And I was like, <laughs> that's relatable. And then this was very relatable. She's like, only because I was in the assemblies doing skits about how drinking was bad. And folks, that was your girl. <laughs> that was me. That surprises no one. I am so sorry. Uh, if you went to high school with me, you know. Um, we accept you. We accept you. I'm cooler now, guys. Okay drinking is cool no it's not you, just kidding you, you know people who get offered cocaine it's cool you're cool <laughs> you're cool now yes so they uh pretty immediately lamar goes in for the kiss like does not waste any time goes in she pulls away and he immediately backs off which i was like all right and this is i think the second time with the first time with him there was a nice consent moment too where he was like being very clear about like are we good? Can we go make sex right now? And she was like, yep. So love, love Lamar consistency with consent delight. Uh, she tells him that she is boyfriend and he with like the gut punch is like, Oh, well I'm happy for you. I'm just glad you ditched the guy who's treating you like trash. (sighs) Yep. Felt that felt that like, fuck man. Like, I feel like a lot of us have been in that situation where uh, like, somebody wants you and you want them, but you're with somebody else and they're shitting on your boyfriend (laughs) or like they're shitting on the person you're with. And you're like, Oh yeah. Deservedly though. Exactly. Well, and that's what hurts about it is when you're like, Oh fuck, you're right. Like he sucks. I shouldn't be doing this. I I mean, okay, listen, uh, great. He went down on some two day puss, right? (laughs) But overall, overall terrible partner. 
he's the worst. Partner. And I like how Annie sort of defends it. She's like, you know, we're happy. And he's like, <laughs> Lamar just goes like that piece of shit. Like he, he was not, he was not like dancing around anything. And honestly, it was a nice reminder for the audience because we've now been getting swept up in Ryan's incremental tiny little wins all season where we're like, all right, or sorry, with yeah, Ryan's, Ryan's little wins. We're like, oh, maybe he's not so bad. But then when you see him juxtaposed with Lamar and Lamar is like, that guy, are you kidding me? Like that guy's an idiot. It's immediately like whips me back to reality. And I am aware of how much I've been getting caught up in just absolute nothing with Ryan. I wonder if Annie realizes at this point, at least what deep denial she's been in. Cause this is now two prominent men in her life who've been like, mm, you know, first her dad with, eh, he's fine. Yeah. And now this with Lamar with the direct call out. Yeah. It was, uh, it was definitely uncomfortable to see. And you can see her wrestle with like her performance in the scene was so good because you see her get very like indignant and defensive at first where she's like no no like that's we're happy and that's enough but you also sort of see her trying to justify it to herself like we're mm -hmm. happy and that's that's all that matters and it's like well no that's that it's actually it's more than that you know what i mean just because you love each other that doesn't mean that it's a good relationship and you see her you know trying to convince herself that this is what she wants yeah i feel for her because this kind of rationalization just you know it, it continues that ugly loop that consistent loop of just um trying to be the best for someone who can barely show up and be their best for you right. and only got with you because you were you know easy mm -hmm. to settle for easy to settle for and you're settling for him because it's easy for him to settle for it's just a it's a gross cycle and, and it's easy to rational i'm oh, sorry but it's easy to rationalize yourself into thinking it's not that when you know you you want to when you've lived in when you've grown up in a society that has uh beaten the message of you being undesirable over your head for decades at this point in Annie's life. And it's just like, well, finally, this guy wants me. And he like wants me, wants me. And not just because I'm accessible to him. I think that's what's jarring for her too, is, is when Lamar calls that out and is like, you deserve better. And it's, that's something that she, I don't think fully feels and so when she hears that from somebody she respects and admires so much it's just it's, it's sort of this smack in the face moment um and it definitely yeah i i felt like that scene was really well done and there was it was short but there was a lot said there and a lot that was sort of unsaid and, and subliminal and i just i thought that was really well done it it i think also um gives us a glimpse into annie evaluating not just her self-worth as an employee but just overall and as a desirable woman person mm -hmm. yeah it was it was really really well done so um we get we get a little bit more of them later but we go back to the wedding inside Fran's talking to her mom and they both they both pretty immediately like apologize and I thought that was a very sweet way to start the conversation as they both were pretty much like I don't want to be mad at you. I don't want to fight with mm. you. And so it, it again sets this tone of this respect and love that they have for each other. And then they, they get into the, the conversation about friend sexuality and, you know, how it's not easy for her parents, but they want her to be happy. What I thought was 
really interesting was when Fran, the, the idea of being rebellious versus like doing what you want as a person and how her parents still sort of are unclear sometimes if Fran is just being rebellious for the sake of being rebellious and they, and they feel like she's just acting out. Um, and so she kind of has to explain that like she's making choices because that's what she wants in her life. And you can see how her parents are wrestling with that too. Yeah. And some people just have naturally, I do what I want personalities. Right. Exactly. But that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with who they love. Yeah. I thought it was a really nuanced description too of, you know, why she left and, and the discussion around her moving away. And, you know, initially she was moving away because she wanted, she was being rebellious, but then it became, you know, she found her life and this is, and that she, what she wants. And it has nothing to do with how far away she is from her parents. It just so happened to be that way. And I think that's relatable for a lot of people um, who, you know, choose a life that's, that's, physically distant from their family. And and I think that's a dynamic a lot of people probably relate to is um, this idea of just building a life elsewhere and, and that being sort of a struggle. Yeah. And it's sometimes hard for people to accept, but if it's the case that you feel in any way suppressed by your family and just the surroundings, wherever you grew up, <sighs> You got you got to rip the band-aid sometimes and just go so that you can find yourself and be yourself and feel at home in the home that you create. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that was like a really a, a good discussion. Um, and it's nice to sort of see two women having this like complicated emotional discussion that isn't just that it's just really nuanced. Like I, I don't think I've seen a scene like that before on television where it's people talking about that kind of a a relationship between an adult child and their parents. And I just thought it was really well done. Um, And I love that they wrapped up the scene by the two of them just having a moment to like dance together in a really joyful Mm. way. And we talk, I I talk about this a lot, this, this idea of just joy and letting, you know, letting women, different types of women experience joy on television that you don't normally get to see. And they, they like, the show is really good about lingering on that, right? It wasn't just a two-second shot of them dancing to be like, okay, we get it. They're friends again. It was really like 15, 20 seconds of the two of them just experiencing joy together and happiness. And it was just, I just, I love that. I love that they take the time to do that. Yeah, it it was really great. And I love that they could have this intense emotional discussion without being angry. I'm really appreciative of the show just continuing to not depict women of color as angry and as tropes. Mm. I think they did a really good job of that in this episode because there was a lot of opportunities where it would have been easy to slip into that, but it's clear that so much of this episode was not written by a bunch of white people, frankly. Like it was clear that th- it wasn't there was no troping, there was no reduction mm-hmm. of like reality there. Um and and it's true. There was there was a lot of fighting in this episode and a lot of sort of stress and anger and angst, but it wasn't shown through those tropey, angry black woman narratives that we often see. Yes, we save that for Real Housewives of Atlanta and Love and Hip Hop. Exactly, where it belongs. <laughs> Espe- especially, especially Love and Hip Hop. We mm, Let me not get started on that show. But <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. That is a whole... Oy. 
But I love to see portrayal of black women being emotional and justifiably angry without being the angry black woman. Exactly. Exactly. So then we see Annie, uh, excuse me, we see Fran passed out in the room that she is sharing with uh, Annie and Lamar. Um, which first of all, I'm like, that's a weird dynamic. Like, why are the three of them sharing a room? Like you guys are adults, get your own room. It's, it can't be that. It's what is that? A hundred bucks a night? Like get another room. Uh, so Annie was going to be sharing the the bed with Fran. Um, and the Annie and Lamar are kind of trying to figure out what this dynamic is now. And Annie just goes, you know, we're adults. We can, we can share a bed. And I am just like, every muscle in my body is like clenching watching this, like this awkward part of the scene. And mm-hmm. when they, you know, are getting into bed together, and I think it was important how they did this. So they start out, she lays down first. She faces the middle, facing him. He lays down on his back, sort of facing away from her. But then he makes a choice to roll over and face her. And when he does, she rolls away. And then he rolls away too. And I was just like, no, put your faces together. Like, just <sighs> look at each other. But there was so-, so much tension. I know. I'm so ready for Annie and Lamar to make some beige children. Like, I want to see that. Okay. We want to see it. We, we deserve it. We deserve it. We've been put through now two seasons of Ryan's bullshit. We deserve some Annie and Lamar together. Like, I deserve a a baby. I deserve more scenes of them making out and them having sex because they are beautiful together. And, um, I just want that. Yeah. But then cut to the morning. Every Nigerian dad really is hilarious. And I can say I can say that just because like I briefly dated a Nigerian dude and his dad was like, yeah, a trip. Nice. So, yeah. But yeah, he was very funny the next morning. I heard you and Lamar slept butt to butt. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Why does he know this? Why do these people know everything about each other's sex lives? <sighs> that I I don't know I, you gotta love that family and I think I, they're so busy focusing on how Fran is so rebellious but have they analyzed their own personalities because like they're wild that's true where <laughs> I, does she get I it love from it. like they're pretty irreverent and I actually love it they're delightful I, I love it so um, <coughs> oh, excuse me so I, I oh yes 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 go uh, I like that Fran. As they're walking away, says, uh, I feel kind of special in my own dumb way. Like, it was just a, such a sweet way to end this this um, mm. this family reunion moment. Is like she came out of it feeling healthy and whole and decent. I think this is uh, a huge, a huge moment in Fran's healing arc. And Fran getting back to Fran instead of cleaning carpets, Fran. Shout out to Gabri. So... <laughs> Right? Like, I think this is whatever deep rooted issues there were in terms of how, especially her family had viewed her sexuality, um, yeah. might have fueled some of the behavior and decisions in the character. And so, the, like, healing the, this this fracture if you will yeah i think i think is helping propel her in a in a better direction yeah it's true and we kind of we see that again through the this like last shot of the episode is just the two of them in the car together and they're just sort of driving through this very scenic route and fran's just sort of smiling and she's just you can see she's at peace and she's having some she's having a revelation she's feeling good um, and again, they really took their time with letting us see that and letting us sort of sit with her in that. And um, it was a nice, it was a nice feeling. And 
you know, call out to, to Annie who, who puts on the hat and, and points out something that I think is very important that Dynam straight into 69em is actually a really rough transition. And I don't think anyone really wants that. You know what I mean? We, we don't, you, we, we don't, don't want a big old dinner that. and then to be face and balls. Like that's not what anyone or face and like, you know, any, face any genitals. Butt. Face and butt after a meal. Come on. I don't want any of that. Like, I don't... Right after... No. Like, let me digest. Let me take a minute. So... With a nice aperitif. Exactly. Let me... Yeah. I need an after-dinner beverage. I need to just lay low for a minute. So, again, mm. thank you for wrapping up with that. Um, so, my, my one... My last thought on this episode is that I really like that they did not let this become Annie's episode. They yes. gave her a small B-plot. Like, she was there she was supporting um she was an emotional support animal as Fran called her but she also and and she had her moment with Lamar that was a really interesting storyline but this was not her story and they didn't make it that like this very easily this episode could have been Annie reunites with Lamar and Fran deals with her family and that's like a five minutes out of the episode but no most of the episode was really unpacking everything with Fran and her family. And I really appreciated the time they took with that. Yeah. The, the care in each episode and the fact that it's an eight episode season. Thank you, God. Let's get 10 next season. Seriously. Thanks. Seriously. <laughs> so any, any last thoughts from you on this episode? Um, again, I love to see representation of the diaspora. I'm very, I know this is like sort of off topic of what we do, um, but it's black history month. So I'm just going to say it. So I love to see depiction of um, specifically African-American life, right? Uh, where it's actually African, because for me, at least having Caribbean American roots, but like being a black person in America, I primarily use the term black American or just black to describe myself because um, like, you know, this really chill thing called slavery happened where like my family's roots were erased. So I don't have this direct connection, but I love to see the representation of people directly from Africa um, represented in the context of America with their traditions brought over um, so that people can see and appreciate, right? Uh, it's, it's different. And, and there has to be recognition that um, someone who's like first or second generation uh, with parents directly from Africa and knowing where they're from and all of that uh, has a different perspective than someone who just grew up in America and doesn't seem and doesn't necessarily have that direct link. Uh, I'm also speaking from a very salty standpoint because my fiance thought it would be cute if we took 23andMe tests and uh, my first result was black as fuck but then they hit me a month later with we have updated your results and I'm very devastated it's like yeah like it was what'd you so, find out um, that I'm <laughs> a little more European than I am African I don't want to talk about it but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's been a hard time it's been a hard time so when Uber drivers ask you if you're Italian are they actually I right? i I cannot neither confirm nor deny this allegation. <laughs> uh, but the fact of the matter is um, that it's not painting black people or members of the, the show does not paint black people or members of the African diaspora with this one broad brush. And they get into the specific, uh, the specifics of Nigerian culture and a Nigerian wedding. Uh, and, and again, like that 
I'm more comfortable with saying is an Af- a depiction of an African American experience because they are they know their roots. But like I think back to this one video where I saw some commentator break down the beef between Tyra Banks and Naomi Campbell and called them both African American and I'm like, you know Naomi Campbell's British, right? <laughs> like <laughs> So, so like, be specific when you talk about members of the diaspora. We are everywhere. We don't call white people European-American, right? That's weird, right? So, and black is not an ugly word. Black is very beautiful. Yes, we are recording this in February, so I'm on my, I'm on my hotep right now. Uh, but, and, and black is, black is beautiful. Black is not an ugly word. Um, not every black person's experience is the same and it's really again nice to see a specific focus on um people of a certain culture from a certain country and how they celebrate an event such as a wedding and how their family dynamic exists so again i'm on the outside looking in but i think that was really i think that was really well said though and I, i think those are a lot of really good points um they the show just they do such a good job thinking about this stuff. I think more than a lot of a lot of other shows on TV. There's there's only a handful I can think of that touch on these many different experiences and do it with such care. Like whether it's sexuality or gender or race, like they're all they're they're just so thoughtful with everything that they're addressing. Um, and I think that's something they're really setting a, a new standard for um, for how these things are written on television yes so it's it's very good, well done big good fans. job good, good job. job we approve we approve good <laughs> job guys all right okay guys. bye all right so that's it for this episode um we will be back next week for episode six uh we only got a couple more to go baby so this has been an awesome season we love breaking it down with you guys thank you for listening if you like the show please leave us a quick little review on itunes uh it really helps people find us uh, if you want to stay in touch with us on social media, we are at Loud Women Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I am at Hi This Is Marissa on Instagram and Twitter. Tookie is Miss Tookie Monster. If you want more of these rants, they are serving. Fr- she serves them oh. fresh and hot every day for you. Just, but <laughs> just sprinkle. You, you know what? After you read my tweets, just like go out and buy some sage and burn it around your house because it's a lot. It's a lot. But it's follow uh, at your own risk. It's important. You know what I mean? I don't know. You got good shit to say. So that's it. I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass anymore. That's all you get. <laughs> uh, so so that's it, guys. Uh, as always, it has been a pleasure talking with you, Tookie. And we will see you guys next week. We love you. Bye. We love you. Bye.